Welcome to Fireproof Your Retirement, a show with 30 minutes of real questions, real concepts, and real answers. Your hosts are Michael and Vanessa Markey, a husband and wife duel with a playful on-air dynamic and common sense approach toward teaching listeners how to take control of their finances. Michael is the numbers and strategies guy who is passionate about solving financial issues. The standard deviation, I mean, I would talk about standard deviation as well, but they talk about the, the beta, the alpha, the standard deviation of the particular uh, mutual fund allocation that we're looking at. Vanessa is the down-to-earth voice of reason, pulling his reins in. Okay, but your $5,000 couch isn't going to turn around and pay for something if you have a catastrophic event. This philosophy has led Michael and his firm, Legacy Financial Network, to receive national recognition from being named one of the 10 most innovative agencies in the country by AM Best, to being deemed a local celebrity from Insurance Newsnet magazine and a hero to the insurance industry from Life Health Pro. He has even been given the Moving America Forward Award from William Shatner. And now, here are your hosts, Michael and Vanessa Markey. Do you know what my favorite thing to do each week is? It's probably going to surprise you. No, probably not. Nothing surprises me anymore. Seriously? Seriously. What if... What if a camel showed up at the house? No, it wouldn't surprise me. Bald eagle. Nope. You know you can't buy bald eagle eggs and raise a bald eagle? Because they're endangered. They're no longer endangered. Still not allowed to do it. Alligator that's genetically engineered to never get longer than eight inches long, like in Clarissa explains it all from Nickelodeon. Nope. That still wouldn't surprise you? No. Another thing I can't find. Well... What may surprise you is my most favorite thing to do during the week, and I really do think about it all week, is to come in here to our studio in Norton Shores, Michigan, every weekend to spend the time with you and our listeners. That doesn't surprise me either. Really? No. You're Hmm. kind of a nerd. Well, it is a pleasure to be with you guys all again. It should be, for most of you, this should be the first show of the new year, and we want to thank you all. It's been a big year last year. We um we expanded from one station to now three. We're on AM. I don't know if that's really a positive. We used to just be on FM. Now we're on AM. We get we got a probably an extra three listeners. I think when we went on AM. Hey, everybody's got to listen to you somewhere. You're right. That's a good way to look at it. If you're just tuning in, this is Fireproof Your Retirement. I am your host, Michael Markey. With me today, as she is each and every week, lovingly, mm-hmm. not quite as young as she once was. It is a new year. You are still older than I am and will always be older than I am. My lovely co-host. By a lot. Vanessa Sassy Pants Markey. Hi, everyone. And it is our goal. It's our goal. It's our hope, you know, to share stories with you. Things we go through, have gone through, things we help people with face to face in our in our firm to make money easier, really, in the end, to make it easier to understand, to make it a little less intimidating because people do say that money can be intimidating so that life is easier for you so that we can clarify objectives and clarify purpose and that makes life less stressful to get rid of the wedge that money can sometimes create so i'm excited about our show today i know i probably always said say that but as i open today this is one of my most favorite things to do each week and no that does not make me a nerd i can see the look you're giving uh-huh. me so we're gonna we got three segments today for you. The first we're gonna talk about diversification and mutual funds. What does it really mean? Then we're gonna come back with a question that somebody asked you. 
right about uh, getting a raise at work and whether they should pay off debt or not. And then we'll finish talking about is winter really the best time to sell a house, especially in the state of Michigan? For some reason, that seems to be a popular belief right now. Perpetuated by who? I don't know. We're not naming names because you don't need to go on a tirade again. So let's start off with diversification. What is it? I think to make things easier, let's start by describing a mutual fund. Now, some of you listening are going, really? Describing a mutual fund? Come on. That's so simple. Well, you know what? Maybe you're past this point right now. But there's some people who are listening who are not. Here's the basic definition of a mutual fund. I'm not going to give you the academic description. I'm going to give you a little story. So a mutual fund buys things for you. There's a manager, there's a group of people together that try to pick at its most basic level. They can buy other mutual funds, but in the most basic to buy the right mix for you of stocks and bonds to obtain a set of objectives. Right. Based on your level of risk. So here's a way that we can put it into perspective for people. Um, We bought a house here just three years ago, almost four, just about before this coming summer. And it had a pool. Now, I never wanted a pool because your parents have a pool. We like boating. Most marinas have a pool. And if the kids don't like that, they can swim in the lake. Right. So we're looking at this house and it's got a cement in ground pool. Now, I'm not trying to sound ungrateful. It's just something I didn't want. Well, they're high maintenance. And the first thing I thought of, I don't know if you remember this, was... Fill it in and create a dog area. I didn't want to fill it in. It already had a drain. We could just, you know, wash it out every couple of days. It would have been great. You looked at... You gave me like five seconds worth of, I'm going to entertain this idea. And about the sixth second, you looked at me with the, you're an idiot. And But anyway, so now we got this pool. We get it filled up, everything working right. And in the pool house, we have a little refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't trust me to go to Meyer anymore to buy drinks and the necessary sundries because I'm gone for like two hours because I get sidetracked and come back with, oh, hey, honey, can you just go pick up something for dinner? And you come back with five days worth of dinner that you plan on eating all at the same time. Sushi, steak, shrimp. And then I'd still probably forget cocktail sauce. But to describe a mutual fund, I'm going to do it using a five-year-old. Now, what? We have a pool fridge, don't we? Yep. And what is the purpose of a pool fridge? That you're supposed to put, like, pots in there. And, like, um, and like our family, like, puts juice boxes in there for us kids. Okay. And if we didn't have any juice boxes, would the fridge be very useful? Uh, no. Now, if we had all juice boxes and no pops, then it would be just as bad, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, good job. Thank you. You're welcome. So, so the pool fridge represents a mutual fund. It's our job then to stock it up, like she just told us, with pops and juice boxes, a nice mix to keep everyone happy, right? Right. Now, a couple years ago... Since you're in charge, like we just talked about, of stocking the fridge, mm-hmm. you came home with a really good deal because I like Gatorade. Yes, you do. And typically, you'll buy 32-ounce Gatorades. Yes. Now, how much do they generally cost at the store? I think they're like right around a dollar or and a do, little bit more. I don't now, know. now, do you remember how much these ones were? They were like 35 or 40 cents or something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. 
And so you came home with, I think, six or eight. It was an even number. You were excited. And the flavor was, I know we still debate who came home with them, but I'm just telling you, you came home with them. I know Mm -hmm. better than to stock the fridge. And they were cucumber lime. Absolutely disgusting. They were no good. And I, I think I still end up drinking them because I'm cheap and it drove me nuts to just throw them out. Here's the idea, though. So when we have a mutual fund manager, it's their job to buy the right mix of stocks and bonds to keep all the different types of people who might buy that mutual fund happy. But sometimes they stock the mutual fund with the wrong stocks, the wrong bonds. They just don't work the way they hoped. And in this case, a great example of that was the cheap Gatorades, the 33 cent cucumber lime. And sometimes you buy a dud. Now that doesn't make you bad. That doesn't make the mutual fund manager bad. It was your job to try to stock that with a good value. It's the mutual fund manager's job to try to stock it, stock that mutual fund with good values. That way you get more bang for your buck, for lack of a better word. So there's a mutual fund described in very basic terms. How about diversification? Now, I meet a lot of people who have maybe an employer plan, and they've got an IRA at a brokerage house, and they've then the spouse has an IRA, and then maybe they have a, non, a joint account. Correct. And they go, well, Mike, I own all these different things. I'm therefore diversified. Now, diversified, a lot of people think diversification means when one thing's going up, one thing's going down. That's not what diversification means, because then you would always be kind of happy and kind of ticked off. Right. You would hope that they'd all be going up at the same time. Well, diversification means that they're going to go in a certain direction, um, not correlated to each other. So they may go up at the same time. They may go down at the same time, but they aren't going to go up and down due to the same market conditions. Correct. Now, now some people think they're diversified just because they own a number of different mutual funds, but that's not necessarily the case, is it? Not. Absolutely not. No. So give us an example. Well, Okay, to put this in layman's terms, like let's say we're having everybody over for New Year's Eve. And they actually show up? Yeah. <laughs> it's an inside joke. Not funny. <laughs> um, and Reference Christmas. <laughs> and my parents obviously come from one space. My brothers are coming from one space. You know, so. So you got your parents, <clears throat> two brothers. Two brothers and their girlfriends. And they all say, we're going to stop at the store. What can we get? And mm-hmm. I tell them all to get pop. Okay, so a couple... Say two, three, say three 12 packs of yeah. pop. Yes, three 12 packs of pop. So you must be diversified because you got three no. people buying three things. No, because they all drink the exact same kind of pop. So they're all going to show up with Coke and 7 Up and maybe a root beer for the kids. There'll be a Mountain Dew in there. So it'll be, it'll be Coke, 7 Up. One will get Mountain Dew, another yeah. will get root beer. And then one of your brothers, I'm sure, will show up with a cherry flavored something. Possibly. But yes. we're not really diversified, yet we no. sent three people to get three things. We should get diversification. It just doesn't fall that way. Right. So just because you've got three mutual funds or 30 mutual funds, that three wouldn't be typical, but I'll meet people who have 30 different mutual funds over four different accounts. They go, well, I got all these different things. If you've got several advisors, meaning several people going to the store, a lot of times they're buying the same thing and you got to make sure that they're communicating together. Right. Right. I um, did a workshop, which I generally don't do, one of the social security workshops. Generally, it's our staff. And somebody asked a question. She goes, I've got three different advisors. And I know you're going to tell me that's a bad thing. Well, first of all, if you've got three advisors, it's time to go shopping. Why? Because you know what that tells me? 
You don't like any of them. You don't want, I think you like all three, not to correct you. I think they really like all three. They don't trust any of them. Right. You don't fully trust any of them. Time to go shopping for somebody you can trust. And by the way, just because you trust somebody, does that mean you'll like them? Not necessarily. I've met some really good doctors. Who I, I trust you. I don't like you. No. <laughs> you love me. But I've met some really good doctors who I did not like, but right. I trusted. I've met some really good attorneys who I really didn't like, but I trusted. And we got to make sure in the world of finances, we don't you know, mix those two necessarily. And so she goes, well, that's a really bad thing. You're going to tell me that's bad, aren't you? And I didn't give the lecture in front of everyone. Well, that means you you may like all three, but that means you don't trust them. I just said, you know what? That's not necessarily a bad thing. Are they communicating? And she said, well, kind of. I said, well, what does kind of mean? Well, they kind of all know what we have, but not really quite sort of. I go, so if you're going to have three, they all need to know what you own. Right. Elsewhere. Yes. And what role they're playing. Are you the safe money guy or gal? Are you the growth money guy or gal? Are you the income money guy or gal? Um, they need to have roles and they need to fulfill those roles and they need to know what the other people are doing. But you kind of have to segment it then. You kind of have to say, okay, here's your job. This is your role. Your role is to get the sodas like the Coke and Pepsis, no diets. Your role is to get the alternative pops, the Sprites, the uh, Fagos, like the orange pop, red pop. Uh, what, so what's another one? Root beer. Yes. Your job is to get the adult beverages, maybe for the third person. But we want them to be segmented to make sure that while it's good now, that at some point they don't start going over into that other area. They need to be clear what their role Correct. is. So if you're sitting in that kind of position and you're, you've got all these different advisors, you don't know if you're really diversified. I really I say it all the time, but I encourage you, go to one of our workshops. It truly will help. Our passion is teaching people. And we have them at library, so it's non-confrontational. Visit us online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. That's LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. You can sign up right there or give our staff a call, 589-4004-616, 589-4004, and they'll sign you up over the phone. Mike Markey is full of information, but as you probably already know, he gets so excited to give out that information that he speaks at about 900 words per minute with gusts up to 1,300. Now's your chance to get that information at your own pace. Mike has written a book called Fireproof Your Retirement, which can be found on Amazon. It covers many of the same topics we cover during the show, including income planning, asset allocation, gifting, taxes, and much more. As you know, Mike is all about paying it forward. That is why 100% of the proceeds go to local fire departments. Once again, that's Fireproof Your Retirement by Michael Markey, which can be found on Amazon.com. All right, and welcome back to the second segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. So before the break, we brought on our expert analysis using a five-year-old, our five-year-old, our daughter, to explain a mutual fund. I think she did a good job. I think so, too. She made sure that we had the correct amount of pops and juice boxes in our refrigerator. And she had so much fun. She wants to come back for the third segment. We'll see if we have time. But one of the things, so we talked about diversification. We defined mutual funds before the break. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to talk about, hey, what happens if you get a pay increase, somebody, one of your friends came up to you. Yeah. One of my friends, we went out to lunch and she was like, you know, cause we talk about stuff in general all the time. I mean, they all ask me all these questions about money and I'm not the one in finance, but I'll take it. 
I guess. You know, you're very humble about this, but you worked at a bank. You you were an insurance agent for a while. You and I talk about this. It's not as yes, though. Yes, I know. I know. Anyways, so. You're yet to she, read my book. I read the intro and that was enough because you weren't very nice to me. But anyways. Um, Baloney. They, her and her husband, they've been, you know, struggling. They've got quite a bit of debt. Mm-hmm. made a few poor choices or whatever. And she's like, hey, you know, I'm super excited. I got this raise. What should I do with it? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well. Um, What's the first thing people want to do when they get a raise? Party. Yeah. Celebrate. Yes. So, which you can. Mm-hmm. I there, There's nothing wrong with that. It'd be nice to go out for a nice dinner or something because they have clamped down on spending. Sure. So they haven't been doing it a whole lot. Um, but I mean, pause here, though. If you're a younger couple, actually, you know what? Couple period. You're in your 50s. You've had the kids ruining your nights out for 20 years. You can see I love kids. But you know what? I think as couples, people don't spend enough time cooking together. Because some people say they're not good at it. And I know some people don't enjoy it. But I think there's a lot more people that enjoy it if they'd give it some time. They go buy quality meat, some quality ingredients. And I know with you and I... That one of the best things we did, and again, this is one of those stories that we share with people that has happened accidentally, has been the time where we spend it together cooking. Yeah. And one of the, some of the best meals. Right. And so, the, the relationship you built from that. Well, yeah. And, you know, stand in the kitchen and holler back and forth about who's burning what. But, hey, right. we're in the kitchen together. It's cool. Um, she does refer so, to me as, yes, chef. No, I do not. How much no. time on the asparagus? Three minutes. Yes, chef. No, I do not. <laughs> um, anyway, so you don't have to go out and spend a ton on a huge dinner. You can buy something and cook it together. But mm-hmm. the thing that we kind of talked about was, you know, yes, you should start paying down those credit cards because obviously the percentage, you know, the interest rate is astronomical. Yes. Um, but what... What are the reasons that you have so much credit card debt? It's because you didn't have any savings. Right. So when there was a problem, when when one of their girls got, um, I don't know, just got some crazy rash Doesn't that matter, she needed yeah. all these antibiotics for, yeah. whatever, um, they couldn't pull it out of a savings account. They had mm-hmm. to use their credit card. So yes, pay off your debt, but you should start having something automatically put into your savings account. I think what people don't realize is there's always something, whether it's Fido the dog, he's going to, he or she gets sick. You go to the vet now, they've got the payment plan cards. Right. You go to the dentist and your kids need, they got the buck tooth crazy wild mangles. (laughs) (laughs) They give you the orthodontist. Well, they give you a card for that now. Yeah. You go to Meyer, you can't afford it. They give you a card for that. You need gas. They give you a card for that. There's always something that will happen. That you didn't plan on. Right. And so when you don't have any money setting aside, not only does it hit you, but now you pay all this interest on it as well. Right. And it's a double whammy. So I love what you shared with her that, hey, it's not only important to start um, paying down this debt, but to also start to save. Correct. These are different um, two things. We got about two and a half minutes before the break. So there's two skills you're developing here. Now, number one, paying down debt. Uh, ability to pay your debts. That's a skill almost every one of you listening has. Well, because you have to pay debt on a monthly basis. There's almost instantaneous consequence for not doing so. You right. don't pay your 
cell phone bill, what happens? They shut it off. Yep. Cut. Gone. Don't pay your cable bill. What do they do? Shut it off. Don't pay your um, utilities. They send you a notice, and then they shut it off. Don't well, pay because they can't just shut it don't off. Don't pay on your you. mortgage. Don't pay your car payment. Don't pay your student loans. You don't pay these things, and they are calling you. They're emailing you. They're writing you. They're, they're texting you. You get it. Boom. They're gonna be on you about it. So your ability to pay debts, to pay a monthly payment, most of you have developed really strong paying off bill. You're paying, not necessarily off, paying, juggling the monthly bill muscle. Right. The other muscle, though, is learning how to save. That's one that a lot of people haven't started to build, haven't focused on. Well, and I think a good thing here to know is, like, when I started working at the bank, they had this whole new account, whatever. I automatically set up once a month to transfer. Mm -hmm. Now, when I started there, I didn't have a whole lot. It was $25. Guess what? That $25 still gets transferred over, and I don't think about it. And that brings us up to the point you and I talked about, which is automate this. So let's say that your friend got a $400 take-home raise. Now, when we say search saving, do we mean the 401k? No. No. Put it in a savings account. Right. So let's say that you get this extra $400. I say this. Split it. Take $200. Automate it. So if if you owe Capital One some money and that's what you're trying to pay off, or if it's Sally Mae, if it's John Deere, if it's Chevy, I don't know. I don't care. But if those are the bills you're trying to pay off, bump that or put an automatic payment. For two hundred dollars a month, right. if you can pay it on the the first and the fifteenth, I want that payment on the second and the sixteenth. I right. don't want that money sitting in there because if it sits there too long, you spend it. And then the second thing we want you to do is create a separate savings account. Now I'm going to tell you that I think the best thing for you to do is create that savings account somewhere else, not part of your main bank. I don't really care right now what type of interest you're getting. I just want it to be something you have to separately log into, something that's we've called it the adult piggy bank. Because if you're Mike, you don't remember your login information and you have no idea what's in said separate savings account. Which is a good thing. I mean, we laugh, but here's another story that's happened accidentally. And it is true. I forget my password. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I've got this little bank in Lansing where you actually have to call in and reset it. And they give it to you like right there. And it happened a few years ago because I forgot it. They reset it. And like a week later, I didn't write it down. I'm like, I don't want to call them again. But then the next time I called them to reset it there was a lot more in there than i would have ever thought because i was just putting a little bit here a little bit there but we've run out of time time we got to take a quick break we'll be right back every great day has a beginning and every bad day has an ending many of you will start and finish each day in your bathroom have you ever noticed that when you go to a new hotel the thing you want to see most is how nice your bathroom is you'll take a look at the shower the shower door the glass the handles the hinges Let my friends, my family, the pros at City Glass and Mirror, they've been here for over 50 years now. Let them design your dream bathroom. Let them help you start each day and end each day in your oasis. They can design it with vision and passion and they will give you an accurate quote. They won't give you a low quote just to try to win your business because they want you to be happy. Give them a call at 616-842-3740, 616-842-3740. Visit them on the web at cityglassgh.com, at cityglassgh.com, or again, give them a call, 842-3740. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Fireproof Your Retirement. It really does go by too fast each and every week. I hope it feels that way for you as it does for us. So before the break, we started today's show talking about diversification. 
Then we had our expert analyst give us easy terms to define a mutual fund. Then in the second break, we just talked about what to do with the pay increase. I'm gonna tell you right now, put it on automatic. Have it automatically being saved, automatically paying down those debts. The last thing we have time for you today, we're gonna to talk about is winter time really the best time to sell a house? Where on earth did this come from? And all of a sudden we've had some friends share this with us. I did a little Google search and pop, here comes up this advertisement from a, a well-known, we'll call him financial entertainer, saying that winter time can be one of the best times. Now, joining me again is our expert analyst. She's gonna tell us why buying a house in the winter maybe isn't such a great idea. Because you won't see and when you're doing it, um, that when you're seeing it, you can't really see it. You, so you can't see stuff then? Yeah. And if you walk around and you want to look at stuff, what's going to happen to your toes? Um, they, they will get cold. What about your hands? Um, they will get cold too. And cheeks? Uh, I think so. <laughs> exactly. Very, very good job from our expert analyst. Seriously now, we're talking about is winter actually a good time to sell a house? One thing that was cited is that buyers really want to buy a house at the end of the year. For tax purposes. Right. Well, what kind of tax breaks do you get by buying a house? You get to write off interest, property taxes, um, if you have to have PMI, PMI. So you got the private, that's private mortgage insurance. That's if you didn't put enough down. Now, right. private mortgage insurance is one of those that you can prepay that with certain loans, but most people aren't doing that. So no. if you, uh, you know, so what this author is saying is that people will be motivated in December to buy a house to get these benefits, but let's, let's walk through that. So if somebody pays, I'm going to make it easy, $6,000 throughout the year in mortgage interest, they only get one month of it. Right. So there's $500 deduction and the PMI, let's say that's $50 a month. So now so I'm at 550. Month. And let's say real estate taxes are $3,000 a year, so that's $250. Right. So $700? Which is not really... At a 15% tax bracket, what we're talking about there is $100. So yeah, somebody's yeah. going to push through the sale, the purchase of a home, so they get $100 off their federal return. That's if they are itemizing. Right. But Which a that, lot of people don't. So that is set aside. So those were reasons why this author said, well, winter can be one of the best times to sell a house. That aside is, now you're in construction. So at City Glass, you guys have heard the commercials. You guys do a lot of new construction and remodels, bathrooms, yes. closets, yep. kitchens, and yep. that stuff. Giving you guys a little bit of plug right there, locally <laughs> owned, 50 yeah. years. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's so your point? is winter a good time? Do you see a lot of houses selling in winter? No. Why not? Um, because it's a pain in the butt. I mean, have you been outside the last week and a half? I have. It's been terrible. Who wants to move in that? So you're saying, like our expert analyst brought in, thank you, Christmas break, that your toes might get cold. Right. Your hands and cheeks might get cold. Yes. And you know, and not to lose this point, though. You have to shovel to try and load up a truck. <laughs> and slip and fall and maybe there's your early retirement. I don't know, Social Security disability. And all of a sudden, the thing you went to school for 10 years, you can no longer do and career's over. I mean, look at all the negative consequences. I just... <sighs> moving in winter. Well, because if you even if you put it up for sale in December, that's mm -hmm. not a guarantee that it's going to sell. So let's say somebody puts it for sale in October. So Fantastic. And then it sells on December 15 and you have seven days to get out. Who wants to move at Christmas? Well, 
Let's talk about couples with kids. Would you want to move in the middle of a school year? No, although apparently they say that you should, only because then at the beginning of the school year, your kid's not the new kid anymore. But I still wouldn't. I wouldn't want to pull my kids from their friends. Right. There's a lot of things you should do. Should we eat as much red meat as we do? Yeah. No, we shouldn't. Should you have red wine with your said red meat? Technically, one glass an evening is good for your heart. You know, they should stop claiming your glass. They should start saying this many ounces. Because I've seen your glass. It is not in line with the ounces. People understand. I live with you. So I, I don't see that many couples with kids moving in the middle of a school year. Right. It's difficult. It's stressful. I don't see it at all. And as a prospective buyer, I, as our analyst told us, it makes it harder to walk around the house. It makes it harder to see what's under all that snow. I mean, well, I, I guess take- a perfect time to sell your house. If you got a bad roof that's not leaking, but it's shot, sell it in the winter when there's a foot of snow covering Take it. our house, for example. The pictures that they had online, they were mm-hmm. all snow pictures. Mm-hmm. Terrible, horrible pictures. Made it very difficult to see Yes. its potential. Correct. So is winter a good time to sell, yay or nay? I'm going to go with no. I'm going to go with nay as well. And the reasons that were cited in that article for the tax break, pretty lame. But on that note, we want to thank everyone for joining us again today. We want to thank our guest commentator. And we wish all of you a great start to your new year. This has been another episode Fireproof Your Retirement. God bless. This has been Fireproof Your Retirement. For more information, contact Michael J. Markey Jr. of Legacy Financial Network. Call toll-free at 855-LF-NETWORK or online at LegacyFinancialNetwork.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Mike Markey and Legacy Financial Network are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency.